Welcome to Maya Online, a podcast of Hebrew College. Learn more and sign up for our intensive courses at www.hebrewcollege.edu slash Maya Online. Maya is spelled M-E-A-H. Today's podcast is part of the series in which we explore the Maya Online course, Journey Through the Bible, with renowned Bible scholar, Professor Mark Brettler from Duke University. In this episode, Dr. Brettler discusses the Garden of Eden and the origins of human sexuality. The previous segment focused on the first creation story in which the Garden of Eden is absent. I would now like to talk about Genesis chapter 2, verse 4b and following, which focuses on the Garden of Eden. And I would encourage you to read this story and to read it carefully. I do not have time here to talk about all of the different aspects of the story that are noteworthy, but would simply ask you to think about, is the God in this story the same as the God in the first story? And by that I do not mean, does that deity have a different name, which actually, if you look closely, that deity indeed does have a slightly different name. But what is the nature of that deity? Certainly in chapter 1, that is an all-powerful deity who says and it happens, who structures the world very clearly with lots of forethought and organization. Well, if you really start to examine the deity in Genesis chapter 2, 4b through the end of chapter 3 in the second creation story, that God is much more experimental. God tries this, it doesn't work, then he tries something else. So for example, after the first man is created, of course, separately from the woman, an important distinction from Genesis chapter one, God then creates the land animals to see if man wants to have successful companionship with the land animals. That does that work, that does not work, and only later is the woman created. I think the key to understanding this entire story is looking at the Hebrew word yada, which is translated in various ways on this slide as either to know or to perceive or knowledge. So let me quickly highlight certain features of this verse. When the initial couple, after the initial couple is created, they are naked and they have no shame, as 2.25 expresses. In other words, as I understand it, and many biblical scholars suggest the same, they have no sexual knowledge. Only after they eat of the tree of knowledge of good and bad, Eitz hada'at tov vara, do they perceive, again, yada that they were naked. Soon thereafterward, Adam names his wife Eve because only then, after gaining this knowledge, after gaining sexuality, does she have the ability to be the mother of all the living. And at the beginning of the following chapter, Adam knows, in this biblical sense of knowing, his wife Eve. Thus, I would like to suggest that the tree of knowledge is not a tree of intellectual knowledge, but is a tree of sexual knowledge. 
And I'd furthermore like to suggest that only once they eat from this tree are they sexual and will they procreate. And this explains the passage where only after eating from the tree of knowledge of good and bad, which I would understand is the tree of ultimate knowledge, does God get concerned about their eating from this other tree, which is the tree of life. Because I would like to suggest the main thrust of the story is they gain sexuality and as a result, the greatest danger would be that this couple would become immortal and then they would live forever, their children would live forever, and we would have tremendous overpopulation of the world. Unless you claim that I'm anachronistic, there are other ancient New Eastern texts which show this particular concern. So what I would really like to suggest is that this is a story which deals with immortality exchanged for sexuality. This story has nothing to do with what is called in the Christian tradition, the fall of man or original sin. Please again, take a look at Kugel if you have it, the Bible as it was. He discusses the origin of these particular notions. Thus, I would not call the story the fall of man. What you name a story frames your understanding of it. And I would simply call it either the garden story or if I want to be a little bit longer, mortality exchanged for sexuality. Finally, please pay attention to how important any story is in its original context. Certainly, this story is a very important story within the history of Christianity, but it is a less significant story within the history of Judaism and Jewish self-understanding. Stated differently, the same myth from the same book, the garden story, may function in very different ways within Jewish tradition and within Christian tradition. Finally, I would just like to say a word about gender in the garden story. Please note that in the end of the story, you have a key verse in which God says to the woman, by the way, I quite intentionally did not say God curses the woman because the word curse is missing there. In contrast to the previous verses and the following verses concerning the man and the serpent, no curse here. And to the woman he, God said, I will make most severe your pangs in childbearing. In pain shall you bear children. So let me just stop here for a second. Yes, they've become sexual. She is going to bear children and is going to be painful. This verse is not implying that before she would have children and there was no pain and later she would have pain in childbearing, but it is implying that she is in a new state, a state of childbearing, which in a pre-epidural world was fundamentally painful. Then the verse continues, your urge shall be for your husband. In other words, she's not going to try to avoid the pain because she has the sexual urge for her husband. And unlike Genesis chapter one, he shall rule over you. In other words, here, there is a clear hierarchy which is given of man, 
being above the woman. So to bring this entire module together, I hope I've encouraged you to read these stories as myths and have shown you how this can be constructive, the manner in which myths explain fundamental values and charter those values. Furthermore, I hoped I have encouraged you to distinguish between different stories that are contained in the Torah, in this unmarked literary anthology, and to see that the Bible does not offer only one perspective on important issues, such as the nature of the world, the nature of God, or the role of gender, but instead provides a variety of different answers and perspectives on all of these questions. If you have a chance, I hope you have a, you'll be able to prepare some of the primary and secondary reading for the next module. And as you do so, I hope you will keep these new perspectives in mind. That's it for today. Learn more about Maya online, including how you can help a member of the armed services take our paid online courses at www.hebrewcollege.edu slash Maya online. We'd love your feedback about today's show. Email us at mayaonline at hebrewcollege.edu. If you like the show, please leave us a review in iTunes or whichever podcasting service you use to subscribe. Our music is from Gala, a 10th anniversary celebration of the Rabbinical School of Hebrew College. Thanks for listening.